Good evening, everyone. I hope everyone enjoyed the uh, spooky season and had a great Halloween. Um, we're recording this on the the heels of Halloween. We're actually recording this on uh, November first, the day after Halloween. So, yeah, how was your Halloween? My Halloween was good. What's up, everybody? Uh, the day after Halloween, which is uh, which is the name of uh, of a movie, actually, that is not very good. Yes, but uh, as Mike said, it's uh, November first. My Halloween was good. Stella and I went to go see uh, one of my my favorite bands ever, The Damned, last night at Irving Plaza. And uh, before we got rolling, folks, I was talking to Mr. Hill about the fact that The Damned did eleven songs from their their new record, pretty much almost back to back, which was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> Yeah, that is always weird. Like we were talking about when a band plays like a classic band, you know, like the Damned mm. or Slayer or something like that. They play like all new stuff, you know, and they didn't even break it up. Like it's it, it's strange in a way, you know. Yeah, like look, I, look as a musician myself, I I think I get it. You know, I I I can wrap my head around playing new material, but maybe eleven was a bit too much, and maybe the not kind of sectioning them off a bit more was also a bit self-indulgent but look man you know i'm I'm happy they're still kicking it those guys are knocking on 70 you know um and they've been out for a long time and, and the new record is actually pretty decent it's called darkadelic and i like a good four five songs from it and those songs were played but uh, yeah, they did about eleven from the new record. Look, they, they they did songs I wanted to hear, like "Wait for the Blackout," "Just Can't Be Happy Today," you know, "Neat Neat Neat." Those songs were played, but there was a bunch of shit that I probably would have really liked to hear, like "Ignite," and you know, uh, a few other jams that were were not played. So, you know, they can't all be home runs, I guess. Even though I will say they they were great, and Dave's voice sounded great, and we had a good time. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do, Mr. Hill? Uh, Tina and I went to go see the original Halloween uh, in a in a theater. We saw it at the Cranford Theater in Cranford, New Jersey last night. And it was something that we had been planning uh, for a while. As soon as tickets were on sale, we got tickets. $10. That's it. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Just old school theater in lovely Cranford, New Jersey. We were wearing our matching Halloween sweaters. I don't know if you guys, uh, some of you guys follow me uh, on Instagram. <laughs> I, I saw the photos. I saw the photos. I like the sweater. They're very nice. I liked it. That, that's like something um, that we do, actually. We have a, a lot of the same clothes. Like we, we have the same shoes and a lot of the same shirts. And sometimes we go out in matching outfits. Wow, well, look at that. How about that? Very, uh, very cute, Mr. Hill. I'm going to use the C word. That's very cute. Um, how many people were there? Oh, the place was, uh, there was not, not a seat to be uh, had, man. It was, it was packed. Nice. You know? Nice. Yeah. Very nice crowd. Everyone was pretty cool. And, uh, I tell you what, man, my band, my boycott of AMC is galvanized by, uh, mm. my, ex my experience at the Cranford Theater, you know? Mm. Yeah. AMC is kind of ghetto, huh? Yeah. It really is. They, man. uh. They've lost their, their shine that they might have had moons ago. Mm. You know, it's like I was saying, when I used to live, uh, before I moved here, you know, I was alone all the time. So I would go to the AMC at like Friday nights and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, 
at the 10 o'clock show and, you know, there, I'd go see films that no one went to go see, you know, like, like for example, Skin and Marink, we were talking about. I saw that at the AMC near where I used to live. And yeah. um, it was different, different experience. You know, the, the mall was closed and you're pretty much there. It's like this real creepy sort of setting. Um, so I didn't notice how, how it just shot the, the theater was because there was like no one there, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, look, the Alpine that I go to in Bay Ridge is kind of disgusting, but I like it, you know, like it's like it's 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 home, you know. Um, but if there was like a much nicer theater in Bay Ridge, of course, I, I would check that out, you know. But, uh, yeah, I've heard things about AMC. Um, I was saying I, I saw Halloween in the theater probably about 10 years ago in Manhattan, and it was it was a lot of fun. I've, I've seen a couple of my all-time favorites in the theater. I've seen Suspiria in the theater, I've seen Halloween, and I've seen The Exorcist in the theater, but I have not seen... Um, oh, wait, I, I have saw The Shining. I saw The Shining or Drive-In. Okay, so that's that's four of my big ones right there. I have not seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre in a theater, Michael. That would be really good, I think. I would love to see that in a movie theater. Yeah. So if, if, if that ever comes along, I will do that, and then I will have my big five uh, theatrical uh, experiences. So that's kind of cool. I love going to the movies, man. It's like one of my favorite things to do is go to a movie theater. I'm, I'm just, you know, it's, it's always fun. I always have fun at the movie theater. Yeah, last year around this time, I went to see uh, Terrifier 2 by myself, and that was a lot of fun. It was a bit of a rambunctious crowd that night for that movie. Yep, I saw that one in the movies as well. Uh, this time it was not in uh, in in the AMC near me, but it was in the New Brunswick AMC. So right, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, it was during the extension of the theatrical re- release. Is when I saw it. Nice. Hey, did you did you wrap up uh, Fall of the House of Usher? I haven't yet. I've been, I, dude. I don't know what I've been doing. But I've been so fucking busy lately, you know, just like, uh, you know, yeah. doing stuff with the band and, and like, you know, just I don't I just have not had any. I've I seen the first half of Fall of House of, House of Usher and maybe mm-hmm. I'll watch the rest of it tonight after we're done here. But uh, it's so far. Ooh. I love it, man. I just need to watch the rest of them. Yeah, I think it's 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 going to it's going to top my TV horror. You know, it's uh, that's how much I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed the hell out of it. And it seems like everybody I know that's seen it like is like the hell out of it. And yeah, I haven't really seen any negative, uh, you know, social media posts or anything, which is which is cool, you know. Yeah, it's I love it. I think it's great. It's interesting the way that it's uh, it's not you know an an adaptation of the fall of the House of Usher, but sort of a right. uh, aggregate of um, many of Poe's works sort of rolled into this one narrative. I think that's really clever. No, exactly. Yeah. But other than that, let's see. I mean, uh, Stella and I have watched like some old uh, Universal uh, Mummy films, you know, which have been fun to watch. Um, I I watched Halloween, the original, two nights ago, you know, on Shudder, which I I try to just shoehorn in every year around this time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You have to. You know what's interesting? There's a scene that I guess it never dawned on me about where Michael is, is in the car, but I never really knew it was there. It's uh, it's that scene where Loomis meets up with the sheriff at the store that had just been broken into. 
And after his daughter and Jamie Lee Curtis drive away, you know, the camera pans back a little bit as they're talking. And sure enough, across the street, Michael pulls up yeah. in that car that he's in. Yep. But I never really pay attention to that. And then, like, I saw this YouTube thing of, you know, Easter eggs or whatever the fuck, hidden things in Halloween. And I was like, holy shit. I, how did I miss that? You know, it was, it was like kind of cool to watch. Yeah, I remember that last night. I, remember I saw the movie last night, so it's fresh in my mind. I definitely remember that scene for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I bet all these years, you know, I, I probably just never really thought about it. I don't know. Kind of weird. As a, as a Halloween fanatic. I tripped out on how um, Laurie's friends, how, how mean they are to her in the movie. <laughs> yeah, they kind of are assholes. Like, yeah. they're, they're kind of like frenemies to use modern parlance like they're they're her friends but like they are they're kind of assholeish to her yes good point yeah you know and just um just that movie is like so good man you know what i mean it's like no, just like a good it. film it's excellent horror film the atmosphere mm. it was never been duplicated ever in any of the sequels even in halloween 2 which i like mm. but it just does not have that same energy that the first one had yeah, and it it literally launched, you know, it spawned a monster in its wake that lasted, you know, nearly a decade of, of slasher films, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a good half decade of decent ones, um, but it's it's still the best, you know? I would agree. Yeah, you know, it's just so, so fun to see it in the theater. And, you know, it was early. It wasn't a late night. We, we went out mm -hmm. to get dinner at the uh the actually the place that our very first date was at so it was kind of cool like on that level right. you know it's like one of those nights you know what i mean very cool um so yeah you know it's funny uh i, I listened to the the uh the vhs 85 episode and I, I noticed something interesting about it that the listenership on that particular episode is like through the roof for some reason <laughs> i noticed that myself i was like wow where, where did all these people come from you know it was just really funny i was looking at the stats and i was like damn this one like spiked man and i think it's because it, it, you guys i mean i think it was right literally the week it came out I'm maybe thinking. maybe and i think sometimes that actually makes a difference uh when we cover films here folks um we tend to have, have covered quite a few older ones in 2023, but I have noticed when we cover ones that are new or new with a buzz of sorts, the numbers spike. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. Um, it, just the relevance, you know, in the social element of things. You know? Right, yeah. right. Um, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed VHS 85 quite a bit. Uh, it's been one of the only new you know, horror movies, you know, of 2023 that I actually really did enjoy. Although my brother John keeps telling me to watch Talk to Me. Did you watch no, Talk to Me? We need to before the end of the year just because that's yes. a movie that's on everyone's li Everyone loves that film, and I have a feeling I'm going to hate it, and I know Jeff didn't like it. So. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm kind of in that, you know, head frame with you, but I'm, I want to go in with, you know, a, a clear head. Uh, yeah. I did put on The Boogeyman the other night, um, and I think I'm only about 20, 25 minutes in. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it just yet, but I could see how some people might not have dug it, but I, I'm only like a quarter of the way in. 
that was another date night that movie at an amc mm. theater um <laughs> but uh it i i didn't hate it you know mm-hmm. okay i yeah, it I'm wasn't gonna get through it. yeah definitely check it out and um Another film I caught recently was I got the screener of uh, Where the Devil Roams, the new Adams Family film. Right. And oh, nice. Yeah, so that that's actually uh, debuting in the theaters this week, the 3rd of mm. November. It's uh, playing in New York somewhere. There's a, um, you know, it's oh, yeah, the Alamo. This is having a, there's a Q&A with John and Zelda. And uh, it's, they're both, both are, both are totally sold out. So, you know. But Killer. check it out. Right. You know, and, uh, What's the title of that one again? Where the Devil Roams. Where the Devil Roams. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I yeah. will watch it. Yeah. And uh, I rewatched Poltergeist, uh, Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, on a whim, we checked out Midnight Man on uh, Shudder. And that was uh, terrible, by the way. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. We could we could do an episode about the about the shutter exclusives that we hated. That would be interesting. <laughs> you know, I, I, it, although it, it, it's funny to say that I actually it actually wouldn't be that fun to do an episode like that because no. I actually like episodes more where we like the things that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Me too. I, mean, I, don't, I don't like to hate stuff, but you know, sometimes like you know, it, it's cool that shutter, um, you know. I like that they they put out these films. Not all of them are good, though. You know, they're exclusives. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Tonight's short exclusive. One of the mm-hmm. good. One of the. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it, but not like it's not like Midnight Man. Let's put it this way. <laughs> ah, it is uh, quite the opposite. Yeah. Um, let's uh, give some plugs. We'll give out the old phone number, um, folks. If you're uh, a new listener. Uh, or a long-time listener, you know that we are a part of a group of podcasting maniacs, uh, a cabal, if you will, the horsemen of the podcasting apocalypse. And uh, basically, we've got a podcast for near every day of the week for you, right, Mike? That is 100% true. And um, kicking the week off, we have uh, Horror Wolf 666 brought to you by Brandon Legion. And he comes out twice a month, so beware. Yes. Uh, On Tuesday, for all of your extreme metal needs, we have none other than Jackie Smith's own Into the Necrosphere. And uh, Mr. Hill, uh, you've made an appearance. Yeah, me and uh, Ralph both were on there. Uh, Halloween episode, we were talking about our love for Glenn Danzig, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Always great talking to both of those gentlemen. And um, I, I love these crossover episodes. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, if you added me to the love of Glenn Danzig episode, the episode would still be on, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah, I think totally. it, would, uh, it would be running right now, actually. Um, and, you know, I, I have a little bone to pick. I wish I knew about that uh, exclusive little 7-inch there. I would have liked to have grabbed that orange uh, orange vinyl, which is no longer available, Mr. Hill. Yeah, I mean that's Ralph, man. That's his. That's a Ulta, you know, a split. I uh, that was a lot of fun, dude. That was, um, you know, that was a lot of fun. On Holy Passion, I've sang, yeah. you know, with uh, with Ulta. That goes mm-hmm. back to just about almost a year ago when I performed with them at the Unholy Passion Festival in Cologne, Germany. That was uh, right. You know, flew out there my first time to in Europe as a, as a tourist. You know what I mean? It was like I'd never been to Europe unless I was playing. So, uh, 
technically yeah. I was playing, but I was just as a, you know, just showed up on stage and sang that song. And it was just a lot of fun, man. It was great. Awesome. Um, yes. Why don't you just quickly tell the listeners what I'm talking about as far as the release? Oh, um, yeah, it's, it's a split with Ulta and Karloff, another German band. Um, and, uh, it's a cover of Unholy Passion by Sam Hain, you know, my, one of my mm-hmm. favorite all time bands. And okay. though I, though my, it is my favorite Danzig band, by the way, you know, I think yeah, I, I like I, every, every Sam Hain song, every single one of them. I think it's a classic. Oh yeah. I mean, they are kind of a band with no bad tracks. I mean, there's only two LPs and one EP, which is, which is kind of just, just right. One could argue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who doesn't love Sam Hain? Uh, Maybe one day uh, there'll be some official Sam Hain releases again, although uh, I wouldn't hold my breath. And I'm glad I've got all of my original CDs and vinyl. Um, not to rub it into those collectors' faces out there, but uh, they're among my prized possessions. Um, on Wednesday, <laughs> we have none other than Mr. Hill's very own Everything Went Black podcast. The podcast that launched a thousand ships, as they say, right, Mike? <laughs> I guess, man. Um, yeah, you know, we do a bunch of different... We, we fuck around on that show. We do a lot of different stuff. You know, we got some filmmakers, uh, you know, music, uh, all sorts of things, writers. So just a, a, a variety of different topics, you know what I mean? Exactly. On Thursday, while you're listening to it right now, it's the Necromaniacs podcast, the greatest horror podcast in the world, coming to you each and every Thursday with Mr. Hill, myself, Michael Scadato, that is my name, and uh, Jeff Kashid. Happy Halloween, Jeff. Uh, I know you're not with us right now, but hopefully you'll catch the episode that you are not on. Um, Yeah, every Thursday, Necromaniacs Podcast. Coming to you on Friday, it is none other than Spitball Media with my very own flesh and blood, uh, Mr. John Draper. Uh, they are all about movies, television, entertainment, things of that nature. Um, they've been talking about a lot of horror stuff, of course, because it is October. Well, it was October. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Spitball Media every Friday. On Saturday, take a break. Who do we have on Sunday? Sunday is Soul Knox brought to you by Carl Hikara. And uh, that's uh, anything has to do with the darkness the macabre, the esoteric, the strange. And yes. Car- Carl and I have been doing, we just wrapped up the first phase of our Darkness Weaves collaboration. And um, it's both shows put out an episode every month. And mm-hmm. we the goal is to go through the work of Carl Edward Wagner. And uh, the mm-hmm. first phase was to cover the r- recently reissued in a, dark, in a Lonely Place, which is uh, a collection of Wagner's weird and horror fiction. And uh, we just wrapped it up on this Halloween episode of Everything Went Black. Oh, excellent, man. I got to peep that. Very nice. Yep. Um, we have another horseman, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, none other than Cheyenne of the Mighty Tribax. Mike, what's the name of that podcast? Iblis Manifestations. And, uh, you know, Cheyenne, yeah. is, you can't pin him down, man. He, he's just too free for uh, regular schedules and things like that. He just operates on his own timetable. So you just got to mm-hmm. you just got to catch him when when you can, you know. <laughs> That's how it goes. 
You know what, listeners? Here's a little fun fact. Once upon a time, this podcast was like that. Oh, they, Do you agree, they, every, All of them were like that. We just kind of put them out whenever we wanted to. <laughs> right. Right? We were not the well-oiled machine as we are today. We were a bit uh, fly by the seat of our pants, as they say at one point. Yes. Also, just one one quick shout out. I want to shout out my mom, uh, Beatrice Hill, for being mm-hmm. a, a special guest on last week's episode. And uh, she yes, was a, that was very cool. <laughs> she was a real sport, you know, because I even asked her. I was like, because she know she knows, like you know, I do a podcast, and she she knows what it is, and you know, she every now and then she they listen to it, you know, here and there, you know, not regularly, and uh, and she's like, I, you know, what do you mean you want me to talk? And I'm like. You know, I've, I've been telling the story about how you guys took me to see The Exorcist when I was like just way too young, and I want you to tell yeah. tell the story a little bit. And she was like good enough to uh, to talk talk about it. And I just thought it was it was really fun. I mean, it is kind of what it is. It's it is kind of just like telling the story, you know. Yeah. Like it's kind of the best way to explain, say, a podcast to a your parent or or someone who you know might not know what the hell one is, uh, which I believe there are quite a few out there. Uh, these days, believe it or not, um, even though podcasting has been around for quite a bit. Um, but that, yeah, that was really cool. That was awesome. You should definitely, uh, you know, we could sneak her on again, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, that brings us to this week's feature film. And um... yes, uh, we're excited to talk about a 2023 movie, kids. And that is none other than When Evil Lurks, a movie that, I mean, I've, I've been seeing people talk about all over my, uh, you know, Facebook and uh, even some on Instagram feed, Mr. Hill. Yeah, yeah. And I remember reading about this thing a few months ago and um, being really excited about it, primarily because uh, it was written and directed by uh, Damien Rugna, who mm-hmm. uh, brought us terrified from a couple of years ago. And uh, Okay. I need. I didn't see that. Oh, my friend, to you got to see that. That's incredible movie. Came out. I forgot what year. I should have wrote this down, but like I didn't. You know, shame on me. It was. Uh, it's on. Sh- it's on Shutter, and it's. Uh, it is okay. Oh yeah, yeah. You should double double feature these, man, because it's. I have a suspicion, and Ren- Rennie might back me up on this. That um. That they're they're in the same universe, possibly. Hmm. Yeah. Now, it's terrified, terrified, right? That's what you're saying? Yep, terrified. Yes, not yep. terrified. Right, exactly. Okay, not terrifier. Uh, terrified. Yeah, I got to peep it. What's the What's the rough plot of that one? It has to do with this community and what might be demons, you know? Mm, Similar okay. to possessed. It's, it's, it, it, there's a, a lot of similarities vibe-wise and maybe mythology-wise between this and... Uh, you know, terrified and where evil when evil lurks. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what Damien Rugna has to say about it. But there's, uh, you know, reanimated dead um, stuff. You know, like some kid shows up in a kitchen and just sits there, creepy and decomposed. Interesting. <laughs> like, there's so much in it, man. It's that same year that all that uh, South uh, other Southeast Asian stuff came out too. Like, okay, um, yeah, it's from 2017. Yeah, mm-hmm. 2017, yeah. that's how long ago it came out? Uh, yeah. Oh, my um, God, really? Well, it was it came out in 2017, over there 2018, uh, here pretty much, yeah, 2018. I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. have think, thought it was that long ago. So, yeah, so it's been, um, 
been quite a year, quite a few years since we've seen anything from uh, from Mr. Rugna here. Now get this, I just saw this. Uh, at some point, Guillermo del Toro was going to do a remake of that movie, oh, but no. I guess that did not happen. Uh, you know, no, it. Dude, <laughs> okay it just makes me want to watch it all the more yeah. nothing against Guillermo del Toro but the, the movie was perfect the way it was and it's a new a film it's a recent it's a modern film so why remake mm. you know because no one, no one wants to read subtitles I mean come on yeah that's the thing um thankfully I have not seen any of the dopey posts of I can't watch this with the subtitle but I'm sure those posts are out there somewhere for the where when evil lurks yeah but I, I bet some people probably did not watch Terrified back then because of that. Huh? Which is a real shame, because that's an excellent movie. Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it's on Shudder. So, yeah, score one for Shudder. But, uh, yeah, folks, when Evil Lurks uh, released uh, to Shudder uh, just a few weeks ago, I believe. Uh, I think October 6th. Um it came out at the Fantastic Fest uh, September 13th of this year, uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, distributed by IFC Films, written and directed by Damien Rugna, uh, starring Ezekiel Rodriguez as Pedro, Damien Solomon as Jimmy, uh, along with uh, Louise Zembrowski, Sylvia Sabator, and Marcello Minichow. Uh Not a ton of people in this movie. Uh, didn't didn't need a lot of people, would you say? No. No, 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 not at all. Um, now, what is there to say about this movie, man? It's, I don't know how deep we should go into the, well, it, you can really talk about it and not spoil it, because it's not really about suspense or anything, you know? Well, maybe we could just not, like, give the actual end of the movie. Yeah. Because uh, to me, the end is kind of like, it's funny, as I was watching this movie, I was like, this reminds me of a Fulci movie with a director who's maybe five times more intelligent. Yeah. Not to knock at Fulci, you know what I'm saying? But like like a thinking man's Fulci in a way where the director is going for the gusto with, with the, the gore, in my opinion, and the special effects and the blood and the violence like Fulci would have. But they're... It's not just crazy set pieces. Uh, th there's something tying everything together. Uh, but the e yeah, the end of it had that beyond esque almost kind of ending. Mike, what did, did you think? Yeah, I mean, that, that, you know, I was thinking the same thing when I was watching this. Mike was that it, it reminded me a lot like a Lucio Fulci piece, you know, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, just the gore, hundred percent very very visceral movie and also just even the concepts are kind of like a fulci-esque sort of take on on things you know i know yeah yeah um and okay well we have a, a, you know to me at the heart of it it's 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 it is a possession movie right but it's also like and it has like that air of, of being an apocalyptic movie because the possession is hinges upon like pretty much everything going to fucking hell uh wink wink you know um, that's there, and then it also has this kind of dark drama vibe to it mixed yep, in. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, and it also kind of connects to like this kind of Christian vibe too. Because remember, remember, um, there's a part of the film where they talk about how the the age of churches is over, and 
yeah. this like demonic pestilence was meted out upon humanity because it lost faith and stuff. You know that it had this like very Catholic sort of vibe to it. You know what I mean? But it's like a post. Okay, it's not really explained. But where, like the world that these characters live in, folks, I think is a world where wild shit like the supernatural and possessions and demons are a part of life right like yeah but it's not like a big shock and surprise but no? but there is also like they they imply that there is a before and after though remember there was like part of the film where there was a world that existed prior to all these possessions and yes and that's where okay, um yeah. yeah you know what i'm trying to say and uh and then this this thing was like a um you know kind of like uh say 10 years after the um the rise of this whole wave of possessions and demonic infiltration of the world you know and this you get the sense that you're kind of in the middle of the story too you know like some st- bad right. stuff with possessions happened there was like they refer to the cobras were these like people who know how to deal with this stuff and how to dispose of these demons and then there's the whole thing that happens in this movie so it, I, I i hope this is the case you know but there's seems to be a a feel that this might be more than one movie that's uh, heading towards us you know what i mean yeah um sadly like imdb gives it a very horrendous just byline uh, in a remote village, two brothers find a demon-infected man just about to give birth to evil itself. They decide to get rid of the man, but merely succeed in spreading the chaos. That's it. And then on, on Wikipedia, there I mean, there is no kind of few-sentence summation, really. Um, it just, it just kind of goes through the entire plot, you know, um, which sometimes is annoying. Like I like when there's a, a little bit of a summary that we could perhaps share, but... Roughly, uh, I'll do my best here. Uh, yeah, we have we have these two brothers. Uh, I would say the film takes place in Argentina. Uh, obviously, it's an Argentinian film. Uh, who live on you know this kind of farmland, wooded area, right? Yeah. Um, it's night. They hear these gunshots. They decide to do a, a preliminary investigation at night, and then they're like, you know what? We'll you know we'll check it out in the morning. They you know cut to the next morning. Uh, they go on their merry way, uh, and as they're kind of searching to see what kind of, you know, could have made those sounds, they come across a body that's been ripped in half, huh? Oh, yeah. They, they find a half of a body, basically, and they keep referring to this guy Ruiz, too. Um, Who's the landowner. The guy's like the, the landowner, yeah. you know, and, uh, and mm-hmm. how he doesn't like uh, Hyame, the, uh, the brother, or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what's interesting... This movie's grim as fuck, man. Dark, you know, bleak. Mm. But the tone actually has some a lot of humor in it. It's like a weird dichotomy of two different like flavors, you know. Yeah, like it's not. I don't think it reaches like martyrs' levels of the, of depths of sadness and and hopelessness. Although one could argue it touches that a little bit, maybe at the the end, perhaps. But yeah. As violent as it is, I, I at no point was I like 
disgusted or anything. Although I know some people were a little taken off by, put off by the dog scene and the scene with the children and whatever. But I don't know. I I was I was totally invested in the film. Um, I was not like over overly disturbed. Were you overly disturbed at any no, point? No, no, I, no. I mean, you know, the, you're you're in for it when you watch this movie. You know, if if you do get offended by anything like that, then then go watch another film. Like, don't don't yeah. check this out. You know, go go see uh, you know, Exorcist, uh, The Believer, or something like that. You know, if this is going to bother <laughs> oh, you. No. But, um, but but this is um, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, something God. like that. Yeah, right. But yeah, no one's safe in this movie. Clearly, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, everything is at stake, and. Um, I would describe this film also as kind of a a comedy of errors too. Oh yeah, because the the, the main protagonist Pedro makes quite a few bad decisions. Oh yeah, say. yeah, um, and has made these bad decisions going back prior to when the film begins as well, with his life and his personal life and his family, etc. But uh, so yeah, we we come across a body that's been ripped in half, but it has some papers, uh, uh, journals, or notes with it. Uh, basically stating where where he was heading, and he was he was heading to a, a house that was nearby. Uh, what was her, is her name? Maria. Yeah, and they had their son Uriel is um. Yeah, Maria, uh, Uriel is the possessed uh, monstrosity that that lives with the the woman and and uh, a, a sec a, another son actually who comes more into play towards the end of the film really. Um, and yeah, he he kind of looks like, I don't know, like if like the kingpin was like infected and and like dying on a bed, you know, <laughs> like just this big, morbidly obese, kind of rotting figure. Yeah, you know? yeah. They they uh, they they talk about how the guy that was murdered, that was cut in half or whatever, it was. Um, one of these uh, people who knows how to deal with demonic possessions and that he was somehow, yes. uh, infil- you know, he was intercepted by somebody and murdered before he was able to, yeah. to show up and deal with the kid. And he and never made it. He never house, made it. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, Uriel, it, interesting name, uh, you know, connected to uh, William Blake uh, character, Uriel sword in the doors mm. of perception. You know, I find that to be kind of interesting. I, I haven't really, pondered why they named him Uriel but um but yeah so um you finally see what a possessed person looks like and now this is the interesting thing is that being possessed is almost like this uh public health problem as opposed as well as a supernatural issue you know what I mean like there's almost like you call you call this certain guy to come out it's like if someone hits a dog on the and you know you run over an animal on the street you call someone to deal with the body. It's like if someone gets possessed, they call this person to come out and deal with it. And that's who the guy who got ripped in half was, you know? Uh, getting back to the name Uriel, it is actually the name of one of the archangels. Um, and the name Uriel is a figure of wisdom, light, and truth. There you go. Okay. Uh, the angel of repentance who stands at the gate of Eden with a fiery sword. Uh uh, or otherwise known as the angel who is over the world. Ah, okay. See, I knew, I knew there was, I, I didn't really think too deep. I knew that um, Blake had a 
you know, the Uriel sword. Uh, I, you know, I'm talking off the top of my head right now. I, I didn't really. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I had figured that. I don't know. I thought of angels. It's funny. I mean, I didn't, it, it took a minute to register, but I'm wondering how that may or may not tie into why they chose that name. Uh, because ultimately this character does kind of give birth to uh, the apocalypse, so yeah. to speak. So, yeah. So the thing is, the person that's possessed, this is the interesting part about it. It's not like, all right, you know, we watched The Exorcist a couple weeks ago, right? And mm. you, the person, the human becomes possessed and they get possessed by this demon. But in the world of when evil lurks, it's almost like an alien or something like that where the, the demon yeah. possesses the human and the human births the demon. It right. brings it's a gateway from the demonic realm into our world. So I find that to be fascinating, actually. But uh, yeah, and as I was saying earlier, it's it seems like this is something that either has happened before, or that they were like they kind of knew was coming. Like it's a super, it's a kind of a supernatural friendly world that they live in. Like you know, yeah, well, which I think is cool. Like it's an interesting interesting concept you know yeah and we um, also find all those that device that Myrta knows how to put together to use to get rid of because this is the thing it's like you can't shoot the possessed person otherwise it they, they don't explain exactly what happens but you're not supposed to sh kill them the human is not supposed to kill the um the possessed all right so you have to no. get this like special agent to come and do it and at some point in the film they refer to them as cobras okay these these at one point, I'm assuming they were like something to do with, uh, you know, possibly priests or something like that, that mm -hmm. understood yeah. how to properly dispatch these possessed beings. And the guy that was cut in half had all these devices on him, which um, uh, Pedro and, and Yame took with them. Okay. And of course, yeah, uh, yeah you know, Myrta mm -hmm. knows how to use all this stuff, but we never quite. <laughs> get to uh see her do anything useful with it so i mean i guess we could, i don't know how much you want to go into that but yeah well Amerta is a friend of of, of jaime's uh and she herself was a, a former cleaner so to speak yeah and knew how to deal with these possessed beings um of note uh we, well, we have to kind of backtrack a little bit uh because what they do with Uriel is uh, the two brothers, uh, along with Ruiz, e extract him from his home and they throw him in the back of a truck, which is, again, you're not supposed to move one of these people. You're not supposed to move a rotten. They're called rottens, the possessed uh, beings. But, of course, they did. And they're driving along the highway to, to kind of dump him somewhere. And they almost <laughs> strike a boy that's in the road who, in hindsight, probably was not there. Um, and... As luck would have it, once the truck stops uh, and they get out and they look in the back to see if the, you know everything's okay with the body, the body is missing. The body is gone. So Uriel has kind of escaped into the world. And the the, the, the really strange part here is that supposedly, like you're not supposed to touch him, okay, and you're not supposed to get your clothes on him. But sadly, all three of our our pals here uh, did that. Did just that. Uh, because sadly, when Ruiz goes home after the body goes missing, uh, he comes home to his, his wife who's pregnant 
and uh, they have this farm and they have all these goats. And of course, one of the goats is already possessed. It's like shit has already begun, basically, from the moving of this body and the fucking uh, with Uriel. Um, and again, uh, they're not listening to the one thing that they're supposed to do, which is not kill any of these rottens, any of these possessed beings who can be animals or people. But of course, Ruiz, in a, in a range of fury, kills the goat who is possessed, which immediately unleashes the forces upon his wife, who kills him with an axe in a very horrific way, who then in turn turns the axe on herself in an even more horrific way. One of the best scenes in the film, huh, Mike? So brutal, man. It took me, I was like, when I was came unexpectedly, I was like, whoa. <laughs> like I was like, hey, now you know that like happened, and I was like, damn, like this movie's not fucking around, you know? No, yeah, that's when you 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 know you're really kind of in for it um, with this movie. But even but even leading up to this, the movie has a dark vibe. It's again, you know, you're not watching uh, the new Exorcist film. Um, you're watching uh, what a lot of people are saying is a real horror film for 2023, which uh, has been needed, in the opinion of necromaniacs. Um, the brothers decide they want to gather their families to get the hell out of Dodge uh, after th this incident has gone down. And uh, Pedro, the main character, is divorced, so he goes to his wife's home. His wife has been remarried, and they have uh, she has a, a daughter with her new husband, but she does have the two children, the two sons that she had with Pedro, and so one is an older, uh, older teenage autistic child. And the other is, is a young boy. Um, Jair is the uh, autistic child, and Santino is the younger kid. Um, this is another scene where shit just goes right out the fucking window. Uh, he gets to the house of his ex-wife. He takes his clothes off because, he again, he has to get rid of his clothes and burn his clothes because they touch this fucking Uriel, right? Well, if you're paying attention, you see... He puts his clothes on the floor in the house, and there's this dog in the house. The dog sniffs the clothes, huh, Mike? And that's enough, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> yeah. you know. He not only sniffs it, I believe he licks the clothes, too, yeah. the dog. Um, yeah. You know, this big, beautiful dog. And again, it's kind of like you, you needed to be really paying attention to know what was going to come next. Um, he's fighting with his ex-wife and his ex-wife's current husband. It's going back and forth, blah, blah, blah. They think he's crazy. There's a restraining order. He shouldn't be there. And he's like, no, we got to get out of here, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the young daughter is sitting with the dog watching all this. And the camera pans back and forth to her and the fighting. And then the camera goes right to her. And it's another astonishing scene in the film. The dog just chomps her head while the younger brother is watching. And it is really a fucking great scene, <laughs> folks. I mean, you know. Uh, by the way, maybe we should have did some spoiler alerts here. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, spoiler city, but we're not going to spoil the ending. Um, and again, you're remembering what was said about touching the body and touching the clothes. And, of course, killing Rottens. Uh, unfortunately, all of these things are now taking place which is unleashing hell upon the town, huh, Mike? Yeah, and it went, that was another scene, totally unexpected. And when it hit, I was like, ow. Just like the whole thing, just like, I was like, that really happened, man. 
was crazy. And I was, and but once again, it was brutal and grim, but kind of funny too, in a weird way, right? Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it really just shows the dog grabbing the girl's head and then darting out the door. Actually, it wasn't like some kind of prolonged, uh, you know agonizing moment it's more what you kind of don't see uh actually after the dog does the initial chomp right yeah but you feel it though you know what i mean it's very very you feel the whole thing and you're like damn he that dog just chomped down on that young girl man and it was just it was heavy man you know and yeah so yeah that all this stuff happens in the movie and now might i add our two brothers the protagonists of, of this film have done not a single thing right at all in this entire movie. No, they haven't listened to anything. They've done right. everything wrong that could possibly go wrong Has they've been the instigators of everything. So let's just keep that in mind too. Yeah, so the the dad of the younger daughter, the, the, the ex-wife's new husband, goes, grabs his shotgun and goes running through the town, gets in his car looking to kill the dog. However, Pedro's like, no, do not kill the dog. Do not kill the dog, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, he kills the dog, which unleashes hell upon him, uh, you know, the stepdad. And, unfortunately, uh, he plows through his own wife and daughter. And it, it, that's another pretty shocking scene. And then you kind of see that the, the, the daughter has been retrieved, and she's remarkably fine, but she's fine because now she's a demon, yeah. folks. Yep. Um, demon possessed. And after yeah. the, yeah, exactly, after the wife is run over by the husband who's possessed in the truck, the little girl is dancing around on the lawn. That was a really sick scene, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now I want to make a little comparison here, too, to Terrified. Terrified mm-hmm. did not have nearly as much dark humor in, as this one does, you know? Hmm. And uh, yeah, the tone of this film is very unsettling because of the dark humor and the, just the sheer brutality that are juxtaposed together, you know? Yeah, and it, it's, you know, he does manage to grab the two other sons, the, the autistic uh, teenager and the young kid, gets them out of there, and then they go retrieve their mom. Who well, it's interesting. The mom is, she's kind of like, I feel like she's almost in denial of what's going on, you know? Yeah. Like she's more concerned with the fact that Pedro is with his kids when he has no custody of his kids, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's what I, I mean. But once again, the dark humor, you know, it, it shines through in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry for my coughing. Um, and, you know, but then she then she, she drops some wisdom about the – the, the rottens, right? About the things you're, you're, you're not supposed to do or things you're supposed to watch out for, right? In the backseat, she, she tells the young kid. Um, yeah. So I almost, like at one point, I, I didn't really trust her. Like I thought something was up with her, but that was kind of wrong, actually. She, she really didn't, she didn't really play super heavily into things, you know? Well, I, she's one of those characters that exists, you know, in, um, in, these, in horror fiction, to give exposition, you know what I mean? Like there's always right, like, right. like, there's that guy Zadok from uh, Shadow Over Innsmouth, the drunk guy who talks, tells the whole story of, uh, you know, of Dagon and all that sort of stuff. And um, 
that's kind of like there's there's always characters like this. Like they're they're like non 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 active players or whatever the hell they call them in video games where they're just there to forward the plot, you know. And I felt like that's what the the mother character was like. Yeah. No, totally. Um, now, a character who actually does weigh in more heavily is Uriel's brother. Uh, what What is Uriel's brother's name? Y- Yam- Yami. 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 Uh, yeah. Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jaime? Jaime? Jaime. 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 Yeah. Jaime. Um, he is someone that you kind of forget about at one point, but at the end... You know, which, again, I don't really want to reveal, but uh, keep your eye on him, folks. Keep your eye on the younger brother who is seen more prominently at the beginning of the film. Uh, he, he makes a very prominent appearance appearance at the end of the film um, where, you know, th- things get even a bit more out of control. But it's, it's revealed that uh, his role is really revealed uh, towards the very end of the film, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, uh, so... So this is where the okay. Mitra character uh, figures in because they they're all in the car they're, they're they're trying to get out of Dodge, and and they go over to uh, the, the brother's friend's Mitra's house. She's this woman who apparently herself used to be a cleaner. Um, she doesn't. She's in full belief of everything. Like she's not one. She's you know unlike the mom who's kind of like somewhat doubting some of the things that are going on. She's like, oh no, this is all real, right? And, and this is the part that I dug. I really dug this part because once again, you don't know all the rules just yet. You know that you know that these things no. give birth to the demons. You know that once you're possessed, you know that that's what happens. Um, there's a a thing about fear, you know, and they find out what you're afraid of, and the thing that you're the most afraid of losing is what they'll use to manipulate you. Real subtle stuff like that. But then also, like you brought up the point about the mother who's in denial where all this horrific stuff is going on in this world and it has been going on for a long time, but it's like, you know how like you exist in a world today where there's some mm-hmm. war going on across the world that people are getting killed yep. and blown up and decimated and everything, but your life is not at all changed by it. You hear reports of it. So it might not, you mm-hmm. might not even, you might deny the fact that anything's even going on. And that's the yeah. sense you get with all these demonic um, activities that are happening that, People hear about it. There was a popular song written. Remember the the mom sings the song about the the demons. Yes, yes. And so I think it's not that she's in denial. I think that she, I don't know. I think she may, maybe she. The whole thing about oh, does she know that you're with the kids and like, maybe she was like it was her way of masking her own kind of oh my god, I can't believe yeah. this is happening. You know, and maybe right. it's it's also possible that none of this stuff had come to that town yet. You know, like that was, right. like I said, you know, right now there's a war raging in the Middle East that you and I read about, but we don't know if it's really happening. You know, it's like we watch yeah. TV, you know, we read about it, and but our lives are not changed at all. So that town that they live in, this, you know, um, farming village, you know, small remote area, they probably hear about all this demonic possession. Oh, you know, that's happening over somewhere else, but our lives are completely unchanged by it. So that's maybe the vibe that the, the mother has, in my opinion. Right. You know, while they're driving and, and they're getting to this woman's house, it's like, I feel like they, they all haven't realized that, no, you, 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 there have been deaths, that you've touched the clothing, you've touched the demon, 
your your fate is kind of sealed. Um, you know, uh, of course, that night, the, the, the one night they're there, uh, the, the the possessed mother makes an appearance and steals Santino from the house and like jumps out of a window. And, and that was also kind of an interesting scene. And of course, she's not there because she's a ghost demon. But she did steal her, her child from the house, which did happen. Um, and, and Mitra devises a plan for her and Pedro to go to find the, the, the body of Uriel, which has been, been missing in action, but they have a, an idea where it is, right? Mm-hmm. And for uh, the, the brother, uh, Jamie, uh, to Jimmy, Jamie, to go to find, uh, you know, the mom and the kid. Which again was was a good plan, um, you know, divide and conquer. Uh, sadly, he does find the mom and kid, and this is a fucking wild scene. Spoiler alert: he's driving on the road, and like she's like eating the kid's head, oh, yeah. basically brutal. And it's kind of in the dark, so you, you see it, like you see it, but it's dark, so it's a little maybe slightly less fucked up, but it is extremely fucked up. You know, it's kind of like, like a street light kind of shining on it. And it is a, it, like, I actually had to rewind it because yeah. I was just like, holy shit. Like I wasn't sure if it was like a, a hallucination or not, but no, that was actually happening. Yeah, man. It's something, you know, <laughs> it's like, that's, I said, this movie really, it's like, just goes there, you know, in a lot of ways. And, and then he, he smashes his car into her. I mean, the, the, the kid is dead already. He wants to kill her. He smashes his car into her, and he, he bashes his head, right? And, like, she's kind of sprawled out uh, on the front of the car. And then, it was, and then what she does, she gives him, like, a smile or something like that. Like, it, that was another fucked up moment. Or she, like, laughs at him or something. Mm-hmm. That was a really sick moment as well. Yeah, and, and that's the whole thing. No one's doing anything right in this movie. Everyone no, is oh, not at all. Exactly the wrong okay, thing all the time. Kill me. Yeah. <laughs> they've killed pretty much every rotten, uh, quote unquote, that they've come across in this movie. Every one of them is dead, which is in, in turn will ru- will ruin your life. You know what I'm saying? It, you, it will unleash hell onto you personally and onto your world, onto the world around you, right? It's just like the town is doomed. <laughs> and, and i think that it my, my my feeling is that this plays into a larger picture you know where this is going on or has this it's like the slow the slow turning of the world into this like you know nether world you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think that my feeling of this film is like yeah there's this has been going on for you know quite a while like 10 years but slowly little by little you know there's reports of these demons it's like you know post a post religious world with the days of churches are over they talk about they talk about how no one believes in god anymore and all that and um and how but it's been like this this grinding process that's been going on for probably over a decade slowly spreading across the world and all because of just people fucking up i think and (laughs) and doing the wrong thing all the time and this could be happening in towns all over the world, you know, and that's the feeling I get. And that's what I hope this is. I hope there's more stories like this that come out. Uh, side note about the older autistic child. When they first got to Mitra's house, she kind of said right off the bat that, yeah, he's, he's possessed. He's possessed. And the father's like, no, he's not possessed. And right. Like, yeah. He, oh, he's just well, like that. Out, she was right. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like that. You know, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's he's literally possessed. He was possessed the whole fucking time, apparently. <laughs> uh, actually, he was probably possessed once the dad came in the house and the thing happened maybe with the dog. Like, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, that's, that's my feeling, uh, too. That's, that's when he, you know, turned, because I feel like everybody in that house was kind of fucked at that point or within that vicinity. Um, uh, but, yeah. Um, but again, there's a little more to that too that that comes into play with the the other son, Uriel's brother. Um, but yeah, we're we're kind of towards the end of the movie here, which I you know I, again we've said a lot, listeners. Uh, it's because we're excited about the movie and we like the movie. But I almost feel like I want to let it go here because there's like two huge things that happen that you can experience for yourself if you're listening to the podcast before you watch the movie. Yeah, so everyone go out there and watch this movie. We want to, I, would, I would love for more films like this by Rugna to be made, uh, you know, to expand this universe. And I'm so curious to see if this actually connects to the Terrified movie in some way. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, I said at the end did almost remind me a little bit of, of, of the beyond with this kind of foreboding doom, you know, <laughs> ending. Um but it's it's you know some faulty similarities, but this it's definitely it, it's its own film. Um, and Damien Rugna is I mean I'm I'm stoked for this guy. I mean you know if if he's if he's going to stick around the horror world, then I think uh, it's a gift for all of us. Yeah, you know, and the funny thing too is like I remember like even just a couple of years ago, I was always like, whatever happened to Damien Rugna, the guy who made Terrifying, <laughs> because that movie was so great, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Like I said, this movie has a really good buzz. Uh, everyone I know who's seen it has has pretty much raving about it. Um, I don't give a rat's ass about things like Rotten Tomatoes. Nah, it's real. But, uh, Rotten Tomatoes had ninety nine percent of eighty seven oh. critics uh, positive, hmm. uh, with the average rating of seven point eight out of ten. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's still a pretty damn new movie. Like, not a ton of shit on the Wikipedia page about it. But um, it was filmed, uh, you know, in Argentina back in, t- in 2022, actually. Uh, it is Shudder's first Spanish language production. How about that? It is? Interesting. I, I have to check that. I don't know if that's true or not. It, yeah, it says that on Wikipedia. Um, maybe what they mean by that is it's the first one that they outright produced and paid for. It might be true, you know. If it's shot in 2022... Um, I think some of the other movies on there that are in different languages are ones that they might have acquired and oh, not necessarily. Yeah. Right, I, I right, see what you're right. saying, yeah. Because I know there's been mm-hmm. tons of Asian films on there that were, you know, Shutter exclusives, but maybe they were produced and then licensed by Shutter. You know, that's the te- right, technicality, yeah. I guess. Yeah, this is it's their first Spanish language production. So to me, that means they had a hand, uh, in, you know. And the money put up the case. The right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what do you so, give this thing, Mike? What's what's your score on this? Okay, on our necromaniac score of one to five, I am giving when evil lurks a five out of five. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, it's been a very, it's been a dismal year for horror for twenty twenty three. I was super vested in this. Uh, I thought it had a great plot. It had a great acting. Uh, it was dark. It was violent. It was smart. Um, I mean, I, I 
I kind of have nothing negative to say about this movie whatsoever. I highly recommend it for the listeners. I recommended it for horror fans. Um, yeah, I, I'm giving this puppy a five. I almost gave it a five, Mike. I'm going to come in at a 4.5, and I'll tell you why I gave it a 4.5. Okay. All right. I have, I've only watched it one time, okay? Hmm. All of my fives have been multiple watches. So this might, if you ask me, like, say, in a couple weeks, what would you score when evil lurks? I would say, oh, five, because I've only seen it one time. If I watch it again and I still feel the same way, then I would say it's a five. That's my one caveat to that score. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Hal, if I know you, you, you may change that score. Uh, on second viewing yeah um but yeah man i just you know i i I watched uh a couple of youtube takes on it which i always do if if i like the movie a lot i I tend to watch uh what you know other people have to say you know or read up a little more post my viewing and uh a lot of things were reinforced and i came away learning some new things and uh, particularly about the ending, which again we did not spoil. There's a couple of beats at the end that are like, "Oh shit, okay," you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, much like Skinnerick, it's a movie that I, is is going to stay with me, and I've thought about, and hell, I've still thought about Skinnerick, and, and we're in October, and we watched it in January. So, how about that? I'm going to tell you guys in advance. This is going to be my either my number one or number two this year. Just uh, mm. you know. As, just to let everyone be advised about that, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> a little preview. So uh, preview so, of our year end wrap up. Yeah, but so, uh, yeah, man, uh, see this movie. I mean, you couldn't give it a high recommendation, folks. No calls this week, so give us a call on the Necrophone, and uh, that number is nine zero eight nine one three zero seven eight two. Once again, nine zero eight nine one three. 0782. And yeah, a little disappointed, man. I um I love hearing from everyone. So uh so drop us a line. <laughs> Maybe they were uh, doing the, their Halloween uh, stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Was these little, things happen. I was a little disappointed, so get, drop us a line. All righty. Uh listeners, thank you so much for the support. Uh I see on our Instagram we fit uh, 900 followers. Let's get that to 1000 followers, listeners. Uh if you are on Instagram, uh, Necromaniacs Podcast, look us up, okay? Hit that follow button. Uh, but thank you to the 900 who, uh, who have liked. We appreciate you. All right, guys. Take care now. Good night. To walk the night.